Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. I'm your host, Brian Nichols, and we are on another fun-filled episode of the Brian Nichols Show here, a part of the We Are Libertarians Network. Yeah, if you're a long-time listener, and by long-time I mean like for five months or so, you're getting some new theme music. Get used to it. It's going to be a lot of fun here. This is uh, Apollo 440, Make My Dreams Come True. Good stuff from the movie Eurotrip, from those of you paying attention from 2004. Um, but today, um, we're continuing with the uh, the great, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's been like this, but the, the great uh, habit of bringing on these awesome guests um, from all political persuasions. Uh, last guest I had had on was uh, the great Jason Stapleton from the Jason Stapleton program. And uh, today, I am joined by a candidate for U.S. Congressional Office. He is from the 12th District down in the great state of Texas. Today I'm joined by Libertarian candidate Jacob Letty. Jacob, how you doing? Doing fantastic, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on, and and I know we, we did have a little bit of a uh, little bit of issue there um, back two weeks ago. I was I was traveling for work, and I just I I could not make the uh, the podcast. And you you were you were willing to to give me a second chance to have you on my show, Jacob. So thank you. for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it all worked out. I actually spent that night uh, talking to voters and block walking. So no harm, no foul. Awesome. And, and, and hey, we're going to dig into uh, your your candidacy here um, because I think you have a really great uh, message that you're going to be. Ooh, that was weird. You have a really great message uh, as a libertarian in a, in a state like that of Texas where um, you know, it, libertarianism maybe is. I'd say second in line to that of the traditional GOP and the likes. But before we get there, um, quick introduction here from The Brian Nichols Show. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, The Brian Nichols Show, we are the uh, the latest and greatest political podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. Um, and, and yes, we're, we're going to have a libertarian bias, but at the end of the day, we're for anyone and everyone across the entire political spectrum, be they on the far left all the way to the, the far conservative right and all those in between. And the main goal for the show is to really do three things, educate, enlighten, and inform with the ultimate goal of trying to find some common uh, issues and areas that we can come together, have some common ground, and uh, hopefully be able to uh, shake hands Understand we don't agree 100%, but we can take those little issues that we agree with and move forward positively with that. Uh, so with that being said, you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. And uh, please feel subs- uh, to subscribe to our Patreon here for The Brian Nichols Show at B Nichols Liberty uh, to help us keep producing this great content you enjoy. And as always, I ask you, please, if you enjoyed today's show, uh, please go to iTunes, rate and review, and go ahead and share the podcast with your friends and family. Uh, so we can help promote great candidates and uh, people we have in this show like we have today with uh, Jacob. So, <clears throat> Jacob, let's uh, let's dig into this a little bit. So you are uh, the Libertarian candidate right now running for the 12th district in Texas for Congress. Uh, I know you are running against the incumbent Kay Granger, uh, Republican, and then uh, I believe her last name is uh, Adia, Vanessa Adia, yeah. the Democratic candidate. Vanessa Adia, yes, sir. Okay, so... I mean, tell me right now, here you got Kay Granger, she's the Republican incumbent, Vanessa Adia, the Democratic candidate, uh, who won their respective primaries. Here's this libertarian guy who, I was looking at the, the past elections, you had Ed Colliver, who got 3.7% back in 2016, and 2014 he got 2.4%. I'm guessing that a 1.3% bump was the Gary Johnson effect, which is weird to think <laughs> of. Um, but what, what, what makes Jacob Letty here in 2018 decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to take on Kay Granger, the incumbent who, who got 
damn near 70% of the vote in 2016 and uh, I'm going to I'm going to spend my life for the next, you know, 6 7 months doing this this wild and crazy campaign. Absolutely. Well, so I moved here about a year and a half ago from Indiana. I'm originally from Indianapolis. Um, and when I got down here, you know, obviously I started looking into all of the politicians. And when I really looked at Kate Granger, um, I, I saw a, a definitely a Republican, a name only, a rhino. I saw somebody that was voting for big government spending. Um, you know, she had like a 50-something percent liberty score um, on conservative review and whatnot. And I was just like, wow, like this person is is not helping us in the liberty category in any fashion. So I started doing a lot more research, and I was actually um, tempted to run as a Republican and, and run in the primaries. And um, the, the Libertarian Party actually kind of reached out to me after I had moved down here. I ran in Indianapolis uh, previously, and they kind of pitched the idea of me running for, for Congress in this district. So uh, after talking, I decided you know, strategically it'd be better if I didn't run in the primaries and I had more time to actually talk to people, go door knocking, and actually really get the message of liberty out there. Okay, so it's one thing to to run as a libertarian, but I mean, this is going to be a, uh, I know just, I've worked on political campaigns and they're a bear. Um, you know, why is it that you decided, you know, I'm moving here from Indianapolis, I'm looking at, you know, we have Vanessa running as a Democrat and Kay running as the Republican. What was it that really was like the, the fire that made you decide, like, it's, I need to do something to, to run, to, to be that third alternative to uh, the, the Democrat and Republican candidates? Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's once again, I mean, I just, I, I don't think there's enough, there, there's enough liberty candidates out there. So, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not big into parties. I, I'm not, um, I'm not dedicated to any one party. Um, and I think parties are more political tools than they are anything else. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of just utilizing whatever it is that's going to help you win. So, um, you know, when I decided to run on the libertarian ticket, it was just out of a, it was a strategical move. Honestly, I thought I'd have more of a chance to talk to people and resonate with uh, people that want to hear the message of liberty. So when you look at Kay Granger and Vanessa Adia, you know, you see good things from both sides, but mostly I see bad things from both of those sides. And, um, you know, Kay Granger just voted for the omnibus bill and the FISA 702 bill. And, I mean, you look at, at things like that and you're, you're wondering how, you know, this person isn't helping us at all with our freedom. She's not, um, she's not enhancing that, that aspect. So, uh, and, you know, the same with Vanessa Idea. I don't think if she were elected that we would have any more liberty than we do now as well. So that was really the decision that, that got me involved in this race rather than any other race is that I'm trying to promote liberty. And if that takes me going to every door in my district and knocking and talking to people, listening to their concerns, then I'm going to do that. Awesome. So, I mean, with that being said, and you kind of, you, you hinted at this, is that you had originally considered jumping into the Republican primary uh, to try and unseat Kay as the Republican candidate. Um, so, I mean, that leads me to believe that you're going to have some more Republican-leaning uh, convictions since you were thinking about going against her in the first place. Um, so, I mean, with that being said, you're probably going to be appealing, I'm just assuming uh, here, to more of the uh, disenfranchised Republican voters, maybe those in the Never Trump camp, um, or maybe those who just aren't enamored with Kay Granger. So, um, with that being said, looking at Kay, what would you say are, like, your top, let's say, three or five policy or platform positions that make you a better candidate for Kay Granger going into the general election? 
Um, I mean, I'll just do top three. I mean, I think uh, spending is number one. So if you look, I, I'll, I'll tweet this out tonight or something. I tweeted it a couple times. You can look. Kay Granger's been in office for 20 years. And if you look at her voting record, she's voted to add, I think it was something like $2.9 trillion to the deficit herself, like just her votes. And so that's that's asinine to me. That's absolutely a... Uh, oh, yeah, that, that that's pretty much part that's of the unfortunately, with the GOP nowadays. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, it's it's just crazy that, that that is part of the GOP. They're supposed to be the small government party, and they're not. Um, so, you know, spending uh, with that, you know, um, taxes, I think that we need to get um, lower taxes. I think we need to reform income tax. I think the tax bill that we just had um, Kay Granger did vote for that, but I think we need more reform and that's something that I'm going to do. And that's something she hasn't been pushing. She hasn't been, she's kind of just been like a rank and file Republican. And, you know, we need people who are going to introduce new legislation to promote and further liberty and, and reduce taxes and reduce spending. Um, and then third, of course, I mean, I think the, uh, the civil liberties aspect is, is pretty clear. I think, um, you know, the, the FISA 702 bill, the warrantless spying, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, and she voted for that, and a, a lot of Republicans did. And, and it's it, things like that, as well as criminal justice reform and whatnot, that we need to really focus on uh, in the coming years. So, um, now, I, I'm, I'm not your traditional libertarian podcast, so I, I empathize with, you know, spending lower taxes and civil liberties as, like, big, big talking points and things we want to see overall, um, you know, change in government. It's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to do it. So let's say you, you Jacob, get elected to, to Congress in November, and uh, you get sworn in in January, and now all of a sudden you have to um, legislate. You have to actually put a vote behind your positions. So let's start, let's say, with spending. What would you approach as a means, uh, in a pragmatic sense, to try and reduce spending on a federal level? Well, I mean, as far as, as far as voting goes, I mean, I, I wouldn't plan on on voting for any increased spending at all right now. I mean, if you look at the budget, I think we're we're pretty well set in our spending on in every single category. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not an anarchist. I mean, I, I you know I, I think we knew we need to spend money. I mean, there's lots of things that we need money on there. Um, I think our defense budget is 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 you know solid. I think we need to put money on that. But maybe our military budget overall. Uh, we could probably cut. And I think Rand Paul actually had a really good uh, plan as penny plan where it was just cut 1% off of, um, you know, every single category of the budget. I think that's a really good pragmatic, everybody can get behind this solution. And I think that's something that I want to do more is reach across the aisle. I think a lot of people are so set in their ways uh, or whatnot, like, you know, my way or the highway. And I think compromise and, you know, finding out a plan that everyone can kind of get on board with and back is, is super important. And so that's, I, I respect plans like the 1% plan, you know, just cut everything off and we'll go from there, but let's start somewhere. Right. So, um, I, I, I like, I like that idea, especially Rand Paul's penny plan. That is a, it's, it is a, a more common sense approach. I would, I would agree. Um, so let's go to the taxes. So we just had one of the largest corporate tax cuts, um, in American history here back in, in, uh, December of this past year. So, I mean, a lot of Americans are saying, well, that's just for the big businesses, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I would dare say, you know, looking at how the spending bill is passed that you were mentioning that um, Kay Granger did vote for, uh, that increased our deficit uh, and our national debt by $1.3 trillion. So Correct. Uh, with the lower taxes, where, I guess, would you, number one, look for lower taxes? 
Uh, but number two, are you are you going with a mindset that you would use a lower taxes as well as lower spending to go hand in hand? One hundred percent. So, um, you know, I, I think that the tax cut, even without the the decrease in spending at the time, I think that's fair. Um, my my taxes aren't necessarily spending. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm a, I was in favor of the tax cut. I still think the tax, I think we need to reform the entire tax code. And I think this did a fair job of it, but I think we need to make it simpler, easier. We need to, um, you know, really shrink the IRS down. And so that's, that's part of it. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, pay less taxes overall. I think that's the goal, but uh, just making it simpler and easier to where we don't have all this bureaucracy and all of this uh, red tape involved where, you know, certain things go to, to certain budgets and whatnot. Like we can just no deductions, no, you know, here's a flat tax or a fair tax. I'd be, I'd be willing to work with either of those. And then uh, as far as the spending, yeah, I mean, I, if we're going to cut spending, we also need to cut taxes. So those do have to go hand in hand at, at some point. Agreed. All right. So um, going forward to uh, civil liberties, because you did mention that. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you brought up briefly about the NSA spying, um, and how how Kay Granger did vote for for the uh, the surveillance state. So could you kind of dig into a little bit more of where a, a Jacob Letty um, libertarian congressional uh, you know vote would differ from Kay when it comes to the the civil liberties as pertains to uh, government surveillance and, and mass data collection? Sure, I, I I'm against all of it. I think I don't think there's a, a situation <laughs> where I'm okay with any of it. Um, I, I can't. I, I just, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to, right now I'm trying to think of a situation that could happen in the world where I'd be like, yeah, we need to collect everyone's data and I, I can't think of one. So I, I'd be pretty much against every bill. I mean, even the Patriot Act um, in, in 2000, uh, was it 2002 that, yeah, 2002. that became a thing? Um, even that, I mean, that was, that was after a mass tragedy and I'm still not for that in any fashion. Um, I, I think that, that that, I think civil asset forfeiture is a big problem. Um, and I think, you know, just all of the, uh, you know, the fourth and sixth amendment need, amendments need to be respected for sure. So, um, let's, let's take it a little bit further down the line. Cause I mean, it's one thing to talk about like the civil liberties that we look at the government as being this, um, I would say in many cases, an over, over, uh, reaching and overbearing entity that's getting into our personal lives. Um, through its its use of mass surveillance, but it also it, it gets into a lot of people's lives as it comes to their own personal interactions. So, uh, you know, you're down in Texas, and I can I can assume, uh, hopefully I'm wrong, but I'd assume that maybe a lot of uh, the voters in your district are not going to be in favor of like you know uh, gay marriage or same sex marriage versus traditional marriage. So, um, you know, number one, what is your position on on same sex marriage, and and how would you, uh, I guess, address that if it is different than what your constituents would um, would believe? In my assuming that I'm a, I'm guessing you're you're pro same sex marriage as a libertarian, but I am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how would you, I guess, take that and and um, with that being known, be able to convey your beliefs and the libertarian approach to um, you know same sex marriage rights and and marriage rights as a as a whole to maybe a more socially conservative voter base? Sure. So, I mean, that's definitely, uh, you're definitely correct in assuming that I would say a, a good portion of, of, of my constituents, at least, are uh, more traditional in that sense. So, um, you know, and, and the way that I tell them is, is, 
you know, I'm personally, you know, pro same sex marriage, but I want the federal government out of marriage entirely. Um, I don't see any reason why that exists or why the, the taxes are different or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, I'm also, um, I'm also very pro religious freedom. So, you know, with that being said, I don't think that the same sex marriage, um, you know, with it being legal should affect anyone um, in their day to day, because if you do own a business and you don't want to bake the cake, uh, I think that's that's totally fine. I, I don't think you should be forced to. I just saw the there was a New York, uh, I forget what it was. It was a New York bar or something that kicked like a, a guy with a MAGA hat out. And I'm like, this is great. Like, this is fine. This is the whole point. Like, you can do that. You can kick out whoever you want of your business, but it works both ways. And that's something I don't think a lot of liberals especially see. But as far as, uh, you know, just talking to my constituents and whatnot, you know, somebody else being, um, you know, homosexual or whatever shouldn't affect anything in your life at all. And so you shouldn't oppose it just based on, on religious grounds either. So uh, another big issue, and I mean, I know it's, it's an issue that many people say has been widely accepted with uh, Roe versus Wade, but uh, I disagree. Ugh. I know. And I, I want to hear <laughs> how do we, uh, I guess, first and foremost, what's your position on the, the pro-life versus pro-choice argument? So this one's a, a real a real tough one for me. So about three years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said I'm completely pro-choice. Um, and I have very much swayed my opinion on that. I would say that uh, at this point, I, I do consider myself pro-life um, after a lot of thinking, a lot of um, research into the topic. Um, yeah, what, what made you change your mind? So, uh, you know, and it was, you know, to be honest, it was thinkers like Ben Shapiro. Um, Austin Peterson helped change my mind as well during his uh, presidential run. Um, you know, I, I used to just be all, you know, all about choice, all about choice. But then, you know, you just have to look and say, well, at what point does it become a life? So then I became, um, you know, in favor, maybe 20 to 27 weeks. That's when we start banning it, since that's when they're capable of pain. That's when they're viable. But then I thought, what if you know, one of these, you know, human beings or becomes a human being at, at 17 weeks. What if somebody becomes viable at 17 weeks and yet our limit is, is 20 weeks? And so there's an abortion at 19 weeks. We've killed a human being. And that, and that bothers me. I, you know, I, I do think it's important to respect both sides. I think abortion is probably the toughest um, issue in all of politics. And I, I truly believe that because it is, one, the most divisive. And two, I think it's the, the toughest to really hold ground on um on either side i mean even if you're completely pro-life you know is plan b okay is the you know there's a lot of questions there's a lot of things and we're dealing with human lives here and so one side believes that you're killing babies and one side believes that you're not killing babies and and so i think it's it's really tough to to come down with a position and so I, i've really become pro-life at this at this point um i do i do consider that uh, where i stand uh, just because of those uh, the nuances of it all. Like, I, I just don't want to be responsible for killing any human beings as soon as they become a human being. So that's the real, the real meat of it, I guess. All right. So looking ahead now, because we're we're here uh, tomorrow's. Well, as we record this, tomorrow's going to be May first. Um, uh, looking ahead, you have just you know just under what six months, five months until um, the the actual election. Uh, so you're going to be having to reach out to a, a wide variety of, of voters here in the Texas uh, 12th Congressional District. So you have Kay Granger 
and uh, Vanessa Adia, who you're running against as the Republican and Democratic candidates, respectively. How how are you differentiating yourself when you're going and talking to the the voters um, of your district and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not Kay Granger, and and that's why it, it's a good thing I'm not, and I'm not Vanessa Adia. It's a good thing I'm not. Here's what I bring to the table as a libertarian." Sure. So I think the the biggest thing um, that I'm differentiating myself uh, when I'm going to voters is the fact that I'm going to voters. Um, I think that, you know, Kay Granger is not going door to door by any means. Um, Vanessa Adia is doing a little bit of that. But from what I've seen, you know, she's still um, there's a lot of, of pack money and there's a lot of bigger things involved. And, you know, the Democrats last year only got 24, 25 percent, I believe. Um, I don't think they're taking the race as seriously as they should be. Um, and so, you know, my, my whole, you know, mission is a grassroots one. I'm, I, I have a campaign office, uh, down here in Fort Worth, uh, in the West seventh district. It's open to everybody. I, I have constituents stop by for a beer. Um, you know, I invite everyone out and then I'm going door to door like crazy. I've got a, a good volunteer base here. Um, and so we're going out and we're, you know, we're listening to people. I, I don't want to tell people what my positions on issues are until I hear what issues they care about. And then I'll tell them where I stand. And so I think listening to, to the, the your your constituents is the entire reason that people get elected. And so if if you're not doing that, then you're not going to get elected. So, um, you know they're gonna, they're going to both outspend me, absolutely by a wide margin. But neither of them are going to go as to as many uh, as many doors as I am, and neither of them are going to talk to as many people as I am. That was actually right into my next question. So. Um, as of the most recent uh, campaign contribution sheet I can find, uh, looked like Vanessa Adia. She uh, had about 17k uh, cash on hand, um, with about 30-ish thousand dollars in contributions, uh, which I'm sure has has increased because it looks like it's a little bit dated from the end of last uh, last year. Uh, and then with uh, Kay Granger, she had just shy of a million dollars on hand. Um, nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing too much nothing for you to compete with, right, man? Um, <laughs> so. I mean, it, it is a real thing that like you you are at a disadvantage because you're number one, you're running as a third party candidate, and number two, uh, you're running against two candidates who are going to be spending you know well north of, of a million dollars each. I can almost guarantee. Um, now, with that being said, Kay Granger, she's been the incumbent now for for quite a while, right? Twenty years. Yep. Twenty she was years. First elected in nineteen ninety seven. So. <laughs> so so I mean, here here's just. One unfortunate reality is that uh, anytime you have an incumbent in in office, uh, it's it's damn near in the northern ninety percent uh, chance that they're going to be reelected. And we looked at the elections here the past uh, couple years. I mean, twenty fourteen she won with seventy one point three percent of the vote, and twenty sixteen she won with sixty nine point four percent of the vote. So I mean, there is the belief that it's going to be a quote unquote blue wave. I think. Kay will probably maintain her vote in a in a or a seat in a, a seat that has almost seventy percent of the people voting for her. So I mean, it, it it sounds mean and crass to ask the question, but I think it needs to be asked: Is do you actually think you can you can beat a Kay Granger, or or is this more of a a campaign for you to try to get libertarian and and small L libertarian ideas out into the voter base? Well, let me tell you this: if I if I can knock on eight hundred thousand doors, which that remains to be seen. That's what I'm going to aim for. <laughs> but if uh, if my team and I can knock on 800,000 doors, we could win this race very easily. That's the most important part is is talking to people and telling people, I am here for you. So I don't think it's completely out of the question. 
um, the, the percentage of the vote that I get is going to be directly correlated to how many voters I talk to. So that is what I am relying on in that sense. I'm not, you know, buying billboards and TV ads. Um, I, I'm just getting the message out. And, and like I said, I've got a really good um, volunteer base as well. But, you know, at the, at the very least, you know, I'm not doing this to waste my time. If I thought this was a waste of time or that um, this was pointless, I wouldn't do it at all. I mean, this running for Congress is the, the hardest, the toughest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And the most time-consuming, and so if I thought it was pointless or, or anything like that, I, I definitely wouldn't do it. So, uh, you know, I'm committed to this till the end. I'm gonna um, ride it out, and we'll hope for the best. But you know, even if even if we just you know turn some people over to liberty, um, uh, that's a win. I mean, that's that's the entire point is is getting people to realize that that this is affecting their lives, and they do have a say in changing it. So the reason I ask this, and this this is just, I I am more pragmatic, I guess, in my political views. I mean, I sure I look at the likes of like a Justin Amash and a and a Thomas Massey, um, who would be you know your your counterparts there in Congress, and I look at them with an R next to their name, and I can't imagine they would have won their seats if they had a big L next to their name. Um, and I say that because, I mean, just looking at historical data. So, I mean, let's just look at your own race, right? Um, You're correct. Yeah, you had Ed Colliver in 2014. He got 3,700 votes. And then in 2016, he got uh, 10K in votes. And, I mean, let's let's do the average of those. That's going to be around, like, six-ish, five-ish mm -hmm. thousand votes. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the only problem I see for you is you are competing with – a system that it makes it damn near impossible for a third party candidate to actually to actually win um and i, I don't say that because i don't believe in you as a candidate or i believe in you as a as a you know with your messaging it's just the the, the system is quite literally stacked against you so i mean i want to see you win but do you do you think that you might be able to walk away from this with a win in your your hat by just feeling as though you've been able to, at the very least, maybe persuade people to joining or at least considering liberty as a as a means of, of political thought versus actually coming away with a win on election night in in taking the seat itself. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I like I said. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight, and I think liberty itself is an uphill battle. I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I I'm not too big into the. I don't buy a lot into parties. I think that, uh, you know, whether you, I think there's plenty of Austin Peterson's a good example. You know, ran as libertarian for president, now he's running as a Republican for uh, GOP. I mean, even his race now as a Republican is an uphill battle. Um, he's not the favorite to win that primary either, and I, I obviously hope he wins. Uh, primary, and I've been, you know, doing what I can to support him as well. But I think liberty in general is is something that people are just starting to kind of grasp, and so we're going to all have to fight together, uh, regardless of party. I do believe in a, a, you know, I think Republican, the Liberty Republicans, and the Libertarian Party. Um, I think we need to do a better job of all of us coming together and supporting each other. In a sense, I think a lot of, of Libertarians, big L Libertarians, are. Um, as soon as you are not part of the party, you're mm -hmm. you know you're dead to them, and I think that's awful. I don't think that's the way that we 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 should do things. Um, and so I think if we can focus on liberty itself rather than parties and whatnot, I think we'd be better off. But 
you know, who's to say, uh, you know, like you said, like the system is what I'm against and I'm, I'm going to dismantle that system brick by boring brick, you know, whatever it takes, I'm going to, to do it one brick at a time. So uh, I'm going to tear down that wall. <laughs> you're you're going to tear down the wall? And you're, are, are you going to support building the wall? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I am not. Not a big fan of the, uh, the one of the largest public works projects that would ever be uh, construed here in America. No, you know, I and I'm not I'm not one of the completely open borders types. I do think I think we need a system. I think, and you know, I, I'm in Texas. I'm uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm dealing with this. Um, and you know, there is a taco truck on every corner, and I love it. <laughs> um, but I think I'm not one of the completely open borders type. I mean, we do need a system, but. That wall is just an expensive, unnecessary ordeal, and I don't, I don't understand why people are so supportive of it. To be honest. So, uh, elephant in the room, you are the only man running in a race against two women. Um, has that been an issue for you? Have you, have you found that you know you've been getting some blowback from voters, or I mean, what, what's been your your overall, um, I guess your your feedback that you've received? as you being the, the one guy running in a race uh, against an incumbent uh, Republican woman and a Democratic woman running for uh, her chance to unseat the uh, the incumbent? Sure, I have had some, I have met a few, uh, you know, feminists, which I, I'm all for it. I'm all for the, the ladies' equality. I think we need to do more of it. I think uh, equality is, is number one. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, why do you, don't you think we need more women in politics? Like, why would you try and unseat a, a female um, incumbent, uh, well, yeah, we do need more women in, in politics, first off, and any woman that is fighting for liberty, I'm all about, but this one is not. She's hurting everything that you want to do with your life, and so I will, no, that's, that's not something we can stand for. So, yeah, I mean, I think I have had a couple of people mention it to me, and, um, you know, I do want more women, women in politics, just not this woman, just not either of these women. I don't <laughs> think either of them are going to help us out. Um, and, and that's, you know, this is all about liberty. This is all about getting, um, our rights, our freedoms back, our individuality. Man, I appreciate you taking the time. I, and now I have to ask the most important question of the entire podcast. Uh, Dallas Cowboys or Houston Texans? Uh, so I'm from Indianapolis. I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. Wrong answer. So, uh, the right answer right was, answer. the right answer was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, five-time Super Bowl nope. champions, just so you know. Uh, hey, hey <laughs> hear me out. I, I, I am a huge Peyton Manning fan. I think he is easily one of, if not the best quarterbacks in NFL Good history. Answer. Oh, he, I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> he, he was a four-time, four-time, five-time uh, MVP of the league. You know, Absolutely. two-time Super Bowl champion. The guy basically was a, a head coach in the field. Like, I, the, the guy, I like Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is a good quarterback, but... In terms of the the being the quarterback that could just run the team, I mean, that's Belichick. Like, I mean, he had who uh, Manning have Tony Dungy and then uh, uh, Gary Tony Kubiak. Tony Dungy. We had uh, Jim Caldwell was the was that, after that. That's right. That was that was his one in fifteen year, right? Yeah, yeah, not fun. I, I mean, we'll get you there. You're in Texas, so we're gonna get you a big Dallas Cowboys hat. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I refuse. That's actually been a that's been a sour point for some of the constituents down here. That that becomes the topic, and I'm I'm never going to be a Dallas sports fan. Go Pacers, go Colts. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just the the bread and butter. <laughs> I mean, I'm from upstate New York, and I still uh, I cheer for my Syracuse Orangemen. So um, <laughs> I, I get it a lot. I, I live over here in Philadelphia, and when they won the Super Bowl, I, being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I mean, I was getting oh, yeah. shade like nobody's Ooh. business. Uh, it was. I mean, my house it, it's over here in, in actually the West Philadelphia area. 
And uh, when they had the jets fly over the art museum, I mean, the whole house shook. I couldn't get out of my house because the, the parade was like, or, yeah, the, everything just shut off. Um, but yeah, I, I heard about it for for quite a bit about my, my Cowboys not being the Super Bowl champs. I'm like, hey, you know what? You're you're one fifth of the way that we're, where we are. It's okay. Give it time. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I got to cast some shade when I'm, I'm here in Philadelphia. But, <laughs> I don't uh, blame you. Any, any last uh, parting words? I mean, where can people find you? Where can they come and support your campaign? Tell us how people can get together and help you out when uh, you're running here against a 20-plus uh, year incumbent. And a uh, it's going to be a heavily sponsored both financially and with a media influence and a Democratic uh, candidate. Absolutely. Today's the end of month. I actually um... – I need about four more donors by midnight to reach my my goal. Um, so readyforleddy.com, that's uh, R-E-A-D-Y, <laughs> for L-E-D-D-Y, uh, readyforleddy.com. You can see me there. Uh, Twitter, at readyforleddy, and then Facebook, slash readyforleddy. Um, you know, just get ready for Letty and uh, go to either any of those, and you'll, you'll find where to donate and where to volunteer. Awesome. Hey, well, listen, uh, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time, Jacob, to, to come on the show. Um, I think it's be, it'll be great for uh, for voters to hear more about your campaign. Um, and as he mentioned, you can find them on Twitter at Ready for Letty uh, or on the uh, the web, readyforletty.com. Jacob, man, I, I'm wishing you the best of luck. I think you got a good head in your shoulders, and I think you could be a really great alternative to uh, Ms. Granger and Ms. Adia uh, going forward into the election. So, uh, hey, hey, man, best of luck. Um, let me know if you ever want to come back on. We'd be more than happy to uh, hopefully have some good news coming up here towards the election for you. And uh, you know, let us know what we can do on our, our end to, to help get your message going forward. Sounds great, Brian. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining me today on The Brian Nichols Show. As you heard, joined today by congressional candidate for the Libertarian Party in the 12th Congressional District in Texas, Jacob Letty. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Jacob uh, Ready for Letty, and uh, follow him on uh, online at ReadyForLetty.com. As for me, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at B Nichols Liberty, and uh, please feel free to go ahead and like and review the Brian Nichols Show on iTunes. Uh, it's been a pleasure having Jacob on, but until next time, folks, this is Brian Nichols signing off. We'll see you next week. <laughs>